devoting resources and time and energy and money to helping others who, who don't want a handout. They want a hand up. Welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to talk to my longtime friend, George Nash. Uh, George has a very compelling story that I talk about being second chances. He talks about sobriety, cancer survivorship, his faith, and how those all shape who he is today. Um, He's reluctant to talk about them as second chances, as you will hear powerful message with George is you don't go it alone. Hello, we have with us today a friend of mine, George Nash. We met through our time serving together at the uh, national level on the Associated Builders and Contractors, but I will let George introduce himself because he knows himself better than I do. Good morning, David. Um, good morning, folks at uh, Wilmer Electric. Um, as David said, I'm George Nash. I'm the I'm a business unit leader with Branch Builds out of our Richmond office. I've been with the company uh, just over six years. And uh, as David mentioned, uh, we, we got to know each other and I got to know the, the Wilmer Electric family and the Chapin family through my time at the uh, National Leadership of Associated Builders and Contractors. And I like to claim that I personally am the second second greatest leader of our association, I would never claim the top level, top position, because that would be John Chapin. And uh, David is, I think, tied for third with a bunch of other awesome people. So that's, uh, that's my introduction. Good morning. Good morning, George. We could debate that with you for hours on how you rank people. I certainly wouldn't put you second. I wouldn't expect you would. <laughs> well, the, the show is called The Chapin Commute. So let, let's find a little bit more about you on the, on the commuting front. I listen to podcasts during my commute. And so what about when we talk, you, you mentioned you've been at Branch. Uh, what's your commute look like? Uh, from my home in Maryland, I commuted to an office in Northern Virginia that was 60 miles one way. And if anyone knows the traffic within the Northern Virginia, D.C. area, that 60 miles could be two hours. Um, especially coming home in the morning, not so much when you leave at 530 in the morning, but uh, uh, in, in the uh, evening for sure. And I have uh, in my travels, in my time at Branch, a lot of long road trips. And I, I would say that the longer road trips to our offices or our job sites, um, I would I would tune in, a, in into a podcast here and there. My commute in the D.C. area, I did not, mainly because I felt like the traffic and the driving was so bad. In order to have a safe ride home and to get where I wanted to be, I, I could not be distracted. So therefore, I just sort of had uh, sound in the background during those commutes. But in my, in my long commutes, uh, in my long drives, I've taken advantage of listening to, to podcasts. What do you drive on your commute? What kind of car? So people can visualize George's commute. <laughs> so I have a uh, one that fits my demographic age. Um, I have a Honda CRV. And um, I, I do have the, the XM app in, in the car. So I've got uh, all kinds of accessibility to music, news, sports, all kinds of great stuff. All righty. Well, so George is one of the millions of people out there in a CRV that each one of us sees on our commute. If you have a commute that doesn't involve seeing a CRV, then you must be working 
in your basement because it's almost impossible to go outside and not see a CRV. All right. Well, George, we're going to talk to you about second chances is a topic that I really, when I think of you, I think about um, second chances from, from a lot of different um, angles and perspectives. When I say second chances, and when you hear that word, what comes to your mind? You know, David, I, I think the, just the, the word, the term second chances is a little misleading. I know you're a big baseball fan, right? If, uh, if a, a, a batter's got two strikes and he foul tips the ball and the catcher drops it, you can say you got a second chance. Usually that's not going to happen two or three or four or five times in a row. Sometimes it does, but usually it doesn't. And how often do you hear the announcer, the batter, the next pitch could home run over the left field fence and what he had a second chance at, at a great at bat. That's not how life works. And the folks that are in the second chance category, um, really, it is a second chance at life. It is a finally made a decision that I'm going to change or I'm going to make changes in my life. They may have messed up five, six, 10, 20 times already. And every time they got a chance. So when I think of second chances, I'm, I, I think more of the, of the person, maybe the young man or woman who was raised in an environment where by the age of 14, they're in jail, right? And they go in and out of, some, some get it and they don't go back. But how often, how often have we come across people that come out, go back in, come out, go, it, it's their life. It's who they're defined. They define themselves in this way. And until they finally had that chance to change. And again, a lot of the programs are called second chance programs. That, that, and, and it's not just that, uh, right? It's not just prison time and doing wrong. It's, right? It's second chances at, uh, it, when it comes to, to alcohol abuse or drug abuse, or even your job, your family, your faith. All that uh, again. We're not uh, <laughs> we're not perfect, and um, we mess. I know I do. I mess up on a daily basis. So, so yeah, that 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 second chance means a lot more to me than than that opportunity. Just that one opportunity where maybe the catcher dropped the foul tip. Yeah, well, that's a a, a good perspective uh, of there on it. I think how we go about too often. We we go to the extremes, like like you mentioned, uh, a life of crime. You've not led a life of crime. You're a law-abiding guy, but you also make the most of uh, the opportunities that are presented to you uh, as you go you go through it, and you recognize your shortcomings. You know, one let, let me just go on a specific one. I don't know much we want to personally want to get with with you, but like like you're a, a cancer survivor, and that doesn't fit your definition of second chances, so to speak. But what impact does that have on your life, having gone through that process? I'll back up a few years before that. Um, on March 27th of this year, I will celebrate 26 years of sobriety. I did not get sober just by saying I'm going to stop drinking. I, I reached out to a 12-step program. Um, I had a, a guy who, who became my sponsor, and I learned how to pray. And I, I got a uh, relationship with God I didn't have for that. And then lots of stuff in life have happened since that point in that 26 years. And one of them is when um, a dental hygienist discovered a little spot on my tongue and said, I want you to get it checked out. And I did. It was okay. He sent me to another specialist for another spot. I went in, they, they did a laser and um, 
And even the surgeon said, I, I, listen, I don't think it's this type of cancer because you don't drink and you don't smoke. And that's how you get this cancer. And four days later, he called me and said, I need to operate immediately. This type of cancer spreads and it can take people's lives pretty quick. Um, I never forget as we, we had our last meeting before the surgery and he goes, listen, George, there are two things that you have that I need you to keep. And that's your faith and your positive attitude. Um, I do, I do think it's rather funny that in that moment I asked him, so my surgery was in mid August. So this was early August. And I said, listen, I've got a golf outing that I want to play in the first week of September. Do you think I'll be able to play? I had no idea the impact of the surgery. <laughs> I didn't eat for two months. And he goes, he goes, well, I don't think so. And uh, I think back about when that date in September passed and the condition I was in, it was pretty bad. Uh, you know, I, I, I uh, you're right. I have, and maybe because my life had already been flipped upside down before that, but um, he, I do remember him saying, you're going to need your faith and your positive attitude. And I got both of those because of the opportunity, the second chance of life I had on March 27th, 1997. Well, maybe, maybe I mislabeled uh, the, the conversation because one of the beauties about your life and the testimony that you live out is you're vulnerable. You, you don't hide your shortcomings, what's gone wrong with you and the things that you've gone through. And because you do that, people see you as a safe place uh, to talk about their own life and what what's going through, and you you don't you don't ever give someone the impression, hey, I got life solved here. Now you have answers. You brought up that you know faith being one of the places. You're very vocal about your faith and about it's an answer. It's it's the the answer, which is which is impressive. But at the same time, you you let people know that you're you know you're vulnerable. And that really helps make a difference. I appreciate that. And I think that's one thing with people who go through a second chance in life, whether it's whatever it is, and they're given that opportunity. Most, most of those folks are going to want to help others. And in my view, the way I help others is telling them about where I've been and uh, what I'm trying to do today. And, uh, you, you know, yeah, I did. I talked about that a lot across the country as my time as national chair and Invariably, when I got done, somebody from the audience would come up and say, my son, my daughter is struggling. Thank you for sharing that. I just needed to hear that. And uh, it's important because sometimes that's what helps somebody just take that first step. Well, I, I, I remember a few weeks ago, I was in a conversation with a, with a group of people. And, and one lady says, you know, you guys probably wouldn't understand because you haven't had to travel the same road as me. And then she went through and, and talked about her life and the, and the person, another, I knew another person in that same circle had lived that exact same thing. And when the whole conversation was over, the second person never said anything. And I, and I circled back with that person. I said, you got to say something. Why, why do I do that? I don't want to make the, myself the center of attention. I said, you need to say something so that the first person understands they're not alone. Yeah. They're not fighting this all on their own. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and the person's like, okay, I'll, I'll never make that mistake again. I said, yeah, it's not about you. It's, you know, again, I'm not suggesting you tell this story because it's about you. It's just comforting to know when people can be vulnerable, especially when somebody else is doing that. And sometimes it's, it can be a, a follow-up personal. Yeah. 
101, yeah. right? Because that's what folks are more comfortable with. Well, I'm going to quick hop in here because I think this is a good chance to ask my question on kind of like legacy and whatnot. We kind of talked about how you've been in places of opportunities to be a leader and, and stuff like that, like with ABC and, and whatnot. What legacy do you want to like put on those people that you've impacted? What do you what do you want people to look at you and be like, wow, I was impacted by George in, in this way? Or Sarah, uh, that's that's a tough question. I'll relate it back to my time as national chair at, at Associated Builders and Contractors. It really is. Um, what have I done today to help others? And it could be uh, mentoring at work. Right, you can see uh, a young professional, or or somebody in the field who's struggling, and it doesn't. Ha- I'm not. Ju- I'm ta- I'm not talking about alcohol. And drug- I'm talking about life, and and you see a you see the you see the the glimmer. You you can see the opportunity there, and and maybe they just need someone to talk to. Maybe they just need someone to have a lunch with, or a cup of coffee, or maybe they just need someone who who when they're doing a presentation. Hey, can I send this to you before I, right? I, I really think that that really is, uh, well, that's part of the model that Jesus left us um, is serving others uh, in need. That's what, that's what I, uh, when folks look back at my time, they say, well, well George helped me with this. Because I know a lot of people helped me along the way. I've had incredible mentors, incredible folks who, who God placed in my life along the way. I didn't know at the time what their what their responsibility was, but God knew, and He put those people in my life. So, what what did what are you know who who are examples of mentors in your life, and, and how did they get into your life? Well, um, when I think about second chances, there are two people that come to mind: Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul. And for different reasons, right? Jesus, if you think about the folks, that, I think that he was all about second chances. <laughs> that is the story. <laughs> think about all the, the folks that said, follow me. You know, who they were, what their background. They weren't all A-plus students, <laughs> right? right. They, they, they all needed another chance. And then um, I, I think for me personally, the Apostle Paul, how Jesus entered his life. And what he did with that after that, you know, that, that on a, uh, on a spiritual basis, I go there because he took advantage of every opportunity, right? Some would say without him, you know, <laughs> the new Testament is rather short and, and what he did and how he went about it is an incredible testimony on what anyone can do. Um, and it relates to our industry I think there are, there's, and I, I'm not going to call out any particular one, but so many chapters of Associated Builders of Contractors are doing just that. They are work, they are devoting resources and time and energy and money to helping others who, who don't want a handout, they want a hand up. And when you can impact a young man or young woman and break that chain, that, that chain of going in and out of prison or whatever pain they're in. And, you know, they become a journeyman electrician and they, and they share this testimony and they, and they, when they talk about their ride, 
they you can see the pride in their in their in their in their just the way they stand. And when they talk about, I'm now not just a journeyman electrician. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm someone who's helping others. That's to me. Those are the true mentors of of when, when I see these folks, boy, they've lived it and they and they they've been through hell, and they're living the, the this this new life they've been given. Well, that's a powerful message. It you know shows not the mentors why second chances are important to you and and making sure and linking people up with those. What what advice do you have for for people who are listening? who would like to improve themselves. I mean, what, how do I, I guess I would term that a rut um, that, that somebody's in. What, what advice do you have for, for people who might be at a place they don't want to be? There's where should they go? Um, not stay by yourself. Find somebody, whether through work or family or church or whatever, find somebody that's been through uh, the path that you're on. Don't don't take this journey alone. God God did not put us here to walk alone. Um, God God put us here to to walk together, and when we pray for each other, um, and admit our problems to each other, um, there's some healing there. Just like I can't um, I can't mentor someone if I come across a young man because I'm I'm not you know I work with men, um, men with men, women with women. That's a recovery thing. Um, uh, a young man or an old man, doesn't matter, a man um, who has made a decision uh, that they do not want to, you know, have their life controlled by alcohol anymore. That's me. I'm, I'm going to, if they ask for help, I'm going to, I'm I, I'm not going to cure them, but I'm going to walk alongside them. But my advice to those who are struggling is to pray for someone who, uh, that God will put in your, because if you ask God, he'll, he'll present that person to you. Um, and on the flip side, if you're not, if you're not struggling with anything, but you say, wow, this is, how can I, again, there are so many programs out there. If you're a skilled electrician or project manager or a superintendent or an HR professional or a safety professional, there are so many folks out there, so many programs, just go find one, devote some of your extra time, right? You'll be uh, surprised at the impact. And, and definitely be able to uh, help somebody along the way. Wow. Powerful uh, things that you say there and really direct and practical uh, it, advice. I, uh, you you kind of have me speechless as, as it goes forward. Uh, you, you mentioned there are a lot of places to go and different people should look in different directions because of their own personal background. I know about you also that you love to learn from other people. You're constantly asking everybody around you for book recommendations. And where did you find that out from? Uh, Do you have any recommendations that you would give to somebody who's listening? Do you have a certain uh, organization that you'd point them to? Is there a book, a podcast, a website I should go check out? Any recommendations that you would have that you want to pass along? So, um, our sorry, but my connection is going in. I, I'm not. I'm just sure. Sure, you guys are okay. Um, but any books? You know, uh, uh, Chuck Colson, Charles Colson, went to prison, and uh, before he went to prison, he had found a savior, 
and uh, he didn't know why he went to prison. And, and I think God showed him a plan. There's some awesome, he's, he's written some incredible books. Thanks to Mr. David Chapin, I've read a few of his. Um, I, would, I would say that's a, uh, um, um, th that is uh, an author I've read. Um, there's an, also an author, is a much different read, John Gordon. John Gordon writes fables. And he is a, uh, there's a faith base to his message. And uh, there is a book called The Seed. It's an interesting fable and read. And if maybe you're at the point of your life where you're wondering, are you on the right path? Are you doing what you, if you're doing what, uh, what fulfills you, what sustains you? Read the book, The Seed by John Gordon. Those are two very good examples. I would encourage anybody to read Chuck Colson at any time. A, a Colson book, boy, that, that's going to take you a while. Um, it's not something you sit down and read in one setting. It might be a month because um, you kind of got to digest it as you go. Uh, but John Gordon is another great ex suggestion. A, a John Gordon book you can read in a weekend and you can reread it. Uh, you could also, you go buy it and you can, you can hand it out to your friends. He, both of them have probably dozens of books and, and they're uplifting resources that, that they go through. Um, the, the energy bus by John Gordon is another one. If you're, if you're in a rut, read the energy bus. It's about a guy named George, by the way. Uh, if I had another five minutes, I'd go in to, to tell you how I found out about the energy bus and what time in my life that it, that it came across. But um, I'm not sure we, we have that time. Well, I don't know. People's commute are probably coming to an end. And you've given us a lot of um, good comments and stories. I think it's kind of maybe overwhelming to some people. But I appreciate you being vulnerable uh, to talking about your life and how you've applied Second chance is what I've titled it, and but also though it's getting help, getting help that 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 suits you. But it isn't just about getting help; it's also about giving help, and you you clearly made that um, an important thing. I, I love the section where you talk about walk beside somebody. Let's all go walk beside somebody. Thank you for your time, George. I think it's easy to summarize what George said. If you're struggling with someone, help find someone who can help you with that particular struggle. Uh, but at the same time, he talks about if you see a chance to walk beside somebody, walk beside them and help them out. It's, it's a two-way street. And George makes that very clear that um, you have to be intentional and uh, we all have our issues. Let's not run away from them. Let's run towards solutions. Powerful, powerful message. What did you, what did you take away? Yeah. I mean, he kind of left us speechless in, in a lot of different things that he said, but one of the things that I thought was interesting is, he brought up the first two mentors being Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul, and, and a lot of th people would look up to them. But then also his interesting take on 
the mentors of the people that have gone through it themselves. It's not necessarily the star leadership people that are his mentors is the people that have gone through it and they've seen it and they're going alongside the others um, to do it as well, which is just super cool. And he, and he kind of brought that back to just being by someone and, and the people that do that. There's no rugged individualism uh, to his story. He talks about needing help and, and humbling uh, oneself uh, to, to using others and to being of use to others. Great message. I hope people got a lot from it. I thank George very much for sharing his story with us. 